Welcome back to Asian Wonder Woman podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Emily. And we are here today to talk about when to quit our corporate or your corporate job, when to quit your corporate job, how to quit your corporate job, and how we quit our corporate jobs. Okay, that was a, you know, a great intro. Let's keep it. Um, So today we're going to talk about, you know, our stories of when and why we quit, what we did after, how we felt about the whole process, maybe how we feel now. And some advice that we would give someone who wants to quit or advice that we would give ourselves if we were to speak to, for me, it was 25-year-old me. And Emily just quit her job this year. Well, 2022. Last year. So more recently. 28-year-old self. (laughs) Um, So I'll kick it off. Uh, So um, Emily and I both worked in Silicon Valley way back uh, in our early 20s. And so after I turned 25, I reminded myself that the whole reason that I moved to Silicon Valley was so that I could be an entrepreneur. I wanted to get the training from some of the best in the world. I wanted to build a tech company. I wanted to be like the next Zuckerberg, Evan Spielberg kind of thing, right? Like I, that was my goal. And at 25, I was like, I'm not heading in that direction anymore. Everything that I was doing was going up that corporate ladder, I realized that all the opportunities ahead of me were pretty much looking the same. And I remember writing an article back in the day that actually went pretty viral on Medium as well. I was going fairly viral on Medium around job hunting and like reflections around careers at that time. And I wrote an article about why I was leaving San Francisco. And it was about how when I first started my career, I had these certain opportunities you know, I could go into product management, I can go to business development, I can go into like sales, I can go into marketing, etc. And I pretty much just took whatever job, you know, was offered to me because it was really hard to get that first job. But looking back at that three years later, I realized no matter which job I got, I was going to pretty much be in the same position as I was that day, which was I was a first time manager. Now after three years of my career, I made like slightly over 100k. And I had offers at Meta, or back then still Facebook, Google, and I had connections everywhere and just seemed like my decisions almost didn't matter in Silicon Valley. Like what I chose to do next, I looked at the options ahead of me then and thought in three years, no matter which one I pick, will my opportunities look that different? Will my life look that different? And it ended up being no. Like no matter whether I joined Meta as a business development or account manager on their Instagram shopping team, which I had an offer at, or I joined an early stage startup as like an early growth manager, I feel like in three years, even if the startup failed or succeeded, the opportunities that lay out in front of me were going to be the same. And I just wanted almost like more control over my own life. And I wanted more possibilities for myself. So that's why I quit. And maybe Emily, you didn't know that before, but would love to hear your more recent story. Yeah. Going back to your point about like quitting, I think I connected with you on that point where when we were talking about like having control. So I think having control of like our hours, like what our schedule looked like, like who we get to work with and like where we get to be. I think those are all like points that you and I definitely can agree on. And similarly, like in my own career, I've been in a lot of interesting careers and places, but I all left them because of that 
like need to be in control of my schedule. So um, like I was at booking for a while, opening up properties, like making sales calls to get properties to open on the platform. I hated it. So I left, went to Google as a contractor, realized that the entire contract team was just doing the same thing every day. And that was like super monotonous. I left that to work at a startup, was at the startup, was pretty happy there for like two to three years got really burnt out and just decided to leave as well and uh, went to Asia. And then again, picked up two other jobs, like working in tech media and then at Stripe most recently. All So anyways, like I think the long story short was like, there's a pattern of like me getting great opportunities to work at like pretty prestigious companies and enjoying my time there. But just realizing like I kept getting burnt out and I kept being unhappy because I was like, my time was controlled by like a manager or like I couldn't work on the things that I wanted to work on. So now I do my own hours. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like though, because did you recognize that already in your first job and that, that was why you quit? Did you feel like you got more control over time as you got, like, did every job give you more control over your time? I think in every job that I continue to like join, it made me happier because one, I was getting paid more. So job hopping in Silicon Valley, like your your salary just increases. So I was like, okay, great money. So that's what kept me in like certain some certain roles longer than others. So it was like the money. And then I think the second- I mean, money gives you more control yeah. over your life yeah. as well. Yes. So it's good. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then I think the second was just like finding the people that I actually wanted to work with. So that's why I was at that startup for like almost three years because I really enjoyed working with them. Um, did you find that as well? I didn't have nearly as many jobs as you did. Like what you just listed, you're like, oh yeah, I was here, then I quit, and then I was here, and then I quit, and I was here, and I quit, I went to Asia, and I quit, and then I got this job, and I quit again. <laughs> like, I, I didn't have that, right? Like, I didn't have that blessing where my first two jobs I was laid off from. So I was just trying to like hold down a job, okay, in the yeah. time that you were quitting like your first two jobs. <laughs> um, and then my third really job or like third job offer that I got, I stuck out for like two years and that's the one I quit. And I haven't really gone back since in like working a more traditional corporate, whether it be at a startup or not kind of role. And if your question is more on like, do I feel like I've been getting more of maybe what I want as I hop, mm -hmm. right? Financially, yes, as well. Um, but... I think the main question here is like, what drives your career decisions? And that is a very good question. And I didn't expect to talk about that. Like what, what drives my career decisions? Like I, it would be a lie to be like money is not part of that decision. Cause I think money yeah. can definitely give you so much more freedom to choose where you want to live, what you want to do in your spare time, the, to save time by spending more money on certain things. And that's like kind of all outside of work. Of course, mm -hmm. I, we look for more ownership and we look for more responsibility, more impact, et cetera. In fact, from like a hiring managing perspective, I know that like not everyone's, everyone's only motivated by money up to a certain extent, right? Like you're not, unless you're paying wildly above market rate, like no one's going to choose that just because of that. Like it's about the people, like you mentioned, and what you're doing every day, who you're impacting, um, how much responsibility you get. That's, all part of like me selling other people to work for me today. And that's like what I, what I care about. And I think what has driven me is definitely more freedom. I think freedom's like that strongest value of being able to work where I want, do what I want, but mostly like I want to work to support the lifestyle that I want and 
that's what freedom means to me. And that's what our community is about, right? Yeah. And I think the freedom part, again, also just boils down to money <laughs> again. So <laughs> I think for you and I, like we had these pretty stable careers and then we just left these careers to do our own thing. Um, I think personally that was like, like, I don't know about you, but I think for me, it was like a much more harder transition, right? Because I didn't do coaching like you did. I started more into like content creation first, uh, like doing YouTube and like all these like little side things. And then it was until I like started accruing a certain like consistent income stream from all these like little side projects. Then I was like, okay, I can quit my like very stable job in Singapore and like become nomadic. And that was hard. Like, I think people on Instagram, they just, they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, just quit your job, you're nine to five. I'm like, fuck that. Like, that was hard. Like, I was like slaving away at night and like on weekends, like, you know, editing my YouTube videos and trying to get content out. Uh, so that transition was a lot harder than I thought it was. But I think again, like that freedom to like, I don't know, I can like go out and like go to Taiwan anytime I want or, you know, travel around the world. Like, I love that. I love having these options. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's one way to do it. And probably the most responsible way is you <laughs> side hustle until you have enough to support a lifestyle or to show some promise, right? It's kind of like mm. building a startup of you where you try yeah. something and yeah. then if it starts working out, you invest in it more, but you see everything as an experiment before something really picks up and starts working. Mm -hmm. And I think more people should do that. I think too many people, this is just my opinion, and I'll share what I did too, but like I think too many people just think, oh yeah, I'm just going to quit, and then they quit and they don't really have a plan. But I don't think that's like what our community and Asian Wander women do. I feel like Asian women in general are like pulled down by like society and immigrant parents be like, oh my gosh, you better have like an even better option Something. out there. And it takes yeah. like such a big leap forward. For me... I quit thinking that I would go back. Like I quit as in I wanted to find some inspiration out there. I wanted to like, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I kind of wanted to go out there and find some inspiration. And I only half believed that I would actually be able to do it. But I knew that I had a fallback if I failed. Like, and if I didn't end up starting a successful startup, didn't find an idea, et cetera, I could always go back to my meta offer or, you know, go back mm. to Silicon Valley. I think I had the results and the skills. I was comfortable. I had three years of work experience at that time. And I think I, I wouldn't say that I fully believed in myself, but I knew there was a plan B there and I can kind of ignore that. And that really helped me take the leap too. I think I wouldn't have had maybe as much self-confidence if I was only a year out or like six months out of school and don't really have results to show for. And being employable again. Uh, but I know now, like I work with a bunch of Gen Zs and there's just a lot more opportunity now to be your own kind of creator and do your own things online. But being Asian, I think I always like having <laughs> a security blanket. And I've also built up that kind of security blanket in terms of financial cushion to mm -hmm. be able to travel and find inspiration. But that also helped that also put a lot of pressure on myself in like making it work. And I think that leads into like how we felt like right after and you spoke with, you know, it was really hard. Like it's hard not having steady income. It's hard to have things be uncertain. And so when I quit, I went to New Zealand, I started driving around in a van and 
I thought it was just going to be a bit of time off, a lot of reading, a lot of listening to podcasts, finding inspiration. But really, I look back on my journal entries and I was like, anxious the whole time. Like I was two weeks into my sabbatical, right? Because like, I knew I might go back. And yeah. I was like, why haven't I figured out the best idea of what to build yet? <laughs> and my boyfriend and I had so many arguments of like how we can, you know, structure our year to find inspiration. And, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to use the time wisely and to I better get more clarity and inspiration than I would if I still lived in San Francisco. Like I was, it was almost like a I'm giving me the gift to be able to do this. Yeah. Right. It was like out there. So yeah. What about you? You're still going through this. I know yeah. that you, you were like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like every week we <laughs> hopped on our calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I do want to point out too, that I think when you were doing your van travels in New Zealand, I didn't know that you had this like internal turmoil. Like I thought you were just like out there living your life, like exploring, traveling. I thought that, you know, you had it all figured out. And so it's kind of like eye-opening or like shocking for me to like hear this now. Um, but I mean, I also had that same experience, but mine was like a little bit different because I had like a, a meltdown <laughs> like in my apartment in Singapore. I was talking to my sister who she's been like, she has been trained to be a career coach before, but she she does like executive coaching from time to time. And so she did it on me as like a coach first, not a sister. And so she asked me like the really hard questions. And one of them, one of the questions she asked me was like, do you want your manager's job at that fintech company I was at? And I was like, hell no. I was like, I know how stressed out she is and I know how hard it is to like manage all these people. And so I don't know why it just kind of made me realize like this role I was in, regardless of like, the good pay, the benefits, the, you know, the, the marquee brand on my LinkedIn, like all of it just didn't matter because I was just like unhappy and I didn't want her role. Like I don't want to go in that direction. So that day I just like sent that email to my manager and I was like, I want to talk to you. And like, I resigned like that week. So following that, following that, even up until now, there is still some sort of like anxiety. Like, can I buy a house in the future? Will I find like, like, where do I go? Like being in Taiwan, I'm like, can I find my life partner in Taiwan or should I go back to Silicon Valley? Like there's so many factors that I'm like thinking about, but ultimately right now, I think the main focus is just like stabilizing my income sources so that I can think about the other things like in depth later, if that makes sense. I'm actually just laughing though. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I don't want my manager's job because she's so stressed managing people. And it's like, if you create your yeah. own company, I'm so yeah. stressed, <laughs> you know, <I'm> like, <laughs> You know, I'm managing so many people in so many different projects. I'm like, literally just this weekend, I was complaining yeah. to my husband and I was like, yeah. I just want to be a business developer again at Wish. I'm like, I just want this one role where I do the same oh thing God. every day. I know, I know exactly how to do it. I was very good at it and I have one KPI to drive, right? Yeah. But then now I'm thinking about like, like what you said, yeah. we have all these decisions in our personal life and in our career and you just don't yeah. know like how to make yeah. them. And there's no right answer. No one knows the right answer. And everyone expects you to have the right answer now if you're managing yeah. people. And like, you're a creator, but the top creators, you're going to have a video editing team. You're going to have social media team. You're going to have writers. Like you're going to have people that you manage and they're going to look to yeah. you on like, okay, what should I be doing? Like what, what is the main thing to do? And yeah. trust me, it looks a lot like your manager's job. So like, <laughs> but at least, at least it's yeah. like building something that you want to build and you get to yes. take 
full control and ownership in its success or failure versus when I was laid off the first few times, right? When you were quitting and I was just getting laid off, like it wasn't my fault. It was nothing that I can really control. And mm -hmm. this is more like about entrepreneurship, but also like giving yourself more choice so that you can take ownership in your choices. Yeah. No matter whether that's being an entrepreneur, a creator, or going to work for a remote company in order to travel, like you're making, you're being forced to make certain decisions on what to prioritize in your life that you wouldn't get to otherwise if you just always based your entire life off of moving to a place because of a job or staying in a place because of a job or doing something because you just, that's just what you do. Like, I think just know that you have so many more options and you can make it work because everyone that's making it work should just inspire you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with that. And I think to add context about what I was saying about like the manager part, like, I think that part was more around, like, I didn't want her role given like the industry and like the context of the hard decisions she had to make bound by someone else's management or bound by someone else's like company constraints. I think being an entrepreneur, like you've mentioned, like you're stressed too. Like, I think that's the kind of stress that I'm willing to take on to accept. Right. Cause I'm like, I have full control of something that like I own. And these are like the people I chose to work under me or I, you know, this is a company that like I chose to build. So it's a different type of stress. Uh, but again, I think for me, it's just like, I don't want to be bound by like other people's rules, other people's like timelines, other people's like decisions. Like I want to be able to like be the one making those decisions. But again, I think it's like hard regardless. It's hard being a manager. Yeah, a screener on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like trying to put together like SOPs right now, yeah. like standard practices. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't someone just tell me the standard <laughs> practice? Why do I have to do it? And I hate doing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I just finally put out like how to communicate well on Slack. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? And like, it's true. Like the CEO yeah. should not do this. Like, I just don't have an operator right now, but I'm like trying to find one. Um, yeah. But I just mean like, when you get to set course for the rules mm -hmm. at your company and also your life, it's actually just like, like what you said, you just have too many options. You're like, do I stay in Taiwan because I can, or do I go back to SF because I can, or like, do I go here or keep traveling because I can. And you just like, <laughs> no one's there to tell you, like, no one knows only, you know, and there's wow. a lot of joy in that freedom, but also a lot of like, fear fear and, and anxiety of like it's all on you now <laughs> yeah yeah I think I mean it was like that option of like too much choice is like a bad thing right and there are times where I'm like I wish someone would just tell me what to do but for now I'm enjoying it and I think the boundaries that at least I'm setting for myself are more like it's like time bound so I'm like I can suss out Taiwan for like three months and I can always go back like I think I I reinforce the idea that like I can always change things when given the time, but I give my, I allocate time for myself to like, at least try it for the time being. Yeah. But for you, like as an entrepreneur, like, are you over that, that fear or like that anxiety? Like what, what do you have now? <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I, I would say that yeah. I am. And I would say that anxiety okay. was from like when I graduated college and I didn't have a job lined up so that I could go to Silicon Valley and join an early stage startup that didn't hire until immediately, like just 
in immediate range because they can't predict headcount. That was a lot of anxiety that like summer after college, I was still doing my grad trip with my friends who had lined up offers at like the top consulting and investment banking firms. And I didn't have anything, but I knew that that was what I wanted, but I felt like super anxious, like the entire time. And then the same thing happened when I quit my job and I gave myself a year to figure out what I wanted to do. I was anxious that entire time. (laughs) Right. And then Now that I've been through a few rounds of like doing hard things of like pushing myself to go do something I'm afraid of, like moving to Silicon Valley when there's no other examples for it, quitting my job to try to be open to more possibilities. The whole like you can't expect opportunities to come if you don't make room for them. Right. So allowing myself to take these risks and seeing time and time again how I've always managed to figure it out. And that if I didn't do that, I would never be where I am today. And every step kind of leads up and all the dots will connect. Looking back, I'm way less anxious now because I know that even if whatever I'm working on right now doesn't work, I can go out and figure out something else that works. And so whatever I ask myself now, it's always, am I doing what I want right now? in like different aspects of my life. And I prioritize like exploring the world. I prioritize like being able to build out my own personal brand right now in education. I think eventually maybe I'll move out of education. Maybe I won't. I'm pretty passionate about it. I'm like, okay, this is great. And then is like my career, the market opportunity that I'm going for, whether that's for myself or for my company, the best thing that can happen. All you can do is make make decisions from the information that you're given right now. And so why put pressure on you in the future. If it doesn't work out and things that I can't control, I'll just do something else like I've always done. And like, I'm pretty good at like tossing away failures. Yeah. Yeah. So has anything helped you with that anxiety now that you're like a few months out? Hmm. There are ways, like there's like coping strategies, right? To like keep it at bay. (laughs) I will say um, one of the startups I consult for right now, right, is I'm still considered like a contractor or like a consultant. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's like a steady stream of income. But again, granted, like if they are like, oh, I don't need a marketing person, they can like access that budget, et cetera. But for now, that has been alleviating some of my anxiety around like not having like stable income streams. Um, the other part of me is more of like trying to be more risk tolerant. And I think, again, this comes like, as I witnessed, like through your journey as well, like you've done so many things that are very like risk tolerant uh, or, you know, like more riskier. Um, But because you've like done it so many times, like it doesn't phase you. Like you've gone through Mm -hmm. so much, like, you know, that you'll train yourself. Yeah. It's basically like training. It's like training for a freaking marathon that never ends. (laughs) But I think for me in the same vein, it's like, I'm just keeping those thoughts at bay. Like I have a lot of thoughts that are like, should we just go back to a nine five? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, just go back, just go back. Like it's constantly like every day I'm battling these thoughts. And so what I've done is like, right. Like I keep track of like what I'm doing, like how much money I'm making and like just like positive things, like these like affirmations, which is very like hoo hoo ha ha, but it helps. It actually really helps. Yeah. Um, and then just surrounding myself with people who have done it before or are supportive because if I'm surrounding myself with all these like nine to fivers, I'm just going to want to naturally go back to it, right? Because that's all we talk about, like a 401k and like, you know, mm-hmm. steady income. <laughs> but if I talk to like creators and entrepreneurs and people who are like hustling and like, you know, throwing their weight too, like I will just be just yeah. as inspired. And so that's what I've been doing more with like Asian water women, like surrounding myself with these women. Yeah. 
the community is full of people that are doing completely different things than I would expect. And they have the option to do others. I think it's just giving yourself optionality as that almost like backup plan and financial cushion that I was like, you already have it. Like if you're, you worked somewhere for like three, four years, like we have an amazing uh, woman in our community, Bonnie, and she was a Google engineer for I think like seven, eight years. And then she finally made the leap to become a full-time artist. Now she's like living her life in Bali and she sold her first paintings within the first like six months of her starting her business. Like it's definitely not enough at all to replace her Google income. But at some point you choose like, how do you want to live your life? And she could always go back. Her skills will be in demand. Like the skills that you build as you try to figure out for yourself, figure it out for yourself should make you way more employable and valuable to someone because it shows you're a self-starter, you're a problem solver. You actually have real results for your own startup or like your own little business, whatever keeps you alive (laughs) financially. Yeah. Yeah, it helps. And Emily, like you mentioned, you know, you're nervous that someone might cut the rope for you, like if they don't need this position. I mean, I feel the same way from like my biggest investor and stuff like that too. But look at all these layoffs. It's not like you have, they can cut the rope anyway, (laughs) right? You might as well be trying to do what you enjoy doing. Like, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot of like, how do you prioritize what you want to do? And like when he was finding a job, he specifically was like, I will only take remote positions, like fully remote anywhere in the world, not remote in North America, because we just prioritize that area of my, in our lives the most to have that freedom to be able to live the way that we want to live. And if one day, like my current job or like my, the startup that I'm running with like the investor who's based in Austin, like if I can no longer live anywhere in the world, I would like forego my like super incredible pay and then just go do something by myself that like supports that life. Yeah. Agreed. I think it's again, like just knowing and having faith in yourself that you'll make it out regardless. So it's a work in progress. Like I think people just don't really talk about these like hardships. They talk about like how they've made it successfully and like how they made it out on top. But like, these are like the hard parts that people don't talk about, but I'm glad we're talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like sometimes I wish, I, I always say like, I wish I was almost less ambitious sometimes. I'm just so tired of being ambitious. <laughs> like, oh man, like what if I could just like go and be, I don't know, I'm, like a front desk admin person. And yeah, I, was, I was literally thinking that the other day. I was like, or what if I just did boba? Like I just worked at a boba shop. Yeah. I mean, you're in Taiwan. I'm in Japan. Like I see all these people yeah. like be pretty happy. Right. And it's like, this yeah. world is up to you. Like you can make these choices. No, you have these choices. So let's wrap up though. And as the last question, I actually, you know what I would love to hear? I would love to hear what affirmations, what are the three affirmations you told yourself today to keep going? And I'll share mine too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have them word for word, but I think the general affirmations are like, so generally it goes like, if I've gotten through blank, 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 which I like name all the hardships I've gone through the past years. If I've gone through it and I'm still alive, and I like, I'm still here, then I can do blank, 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 blank in the future. Right. So it's just kind of like, yeah, reiterating like what I've done in the past and like that I can do it in the future. And then I think the second is like, well, um, wait, hold on. Tell me the one that you said this morning to yourself or last night or whatever. Oh, like, I don't think I said recent. anything this morning, but I think generally, like if I look at myself in the do mirror, I would, say, like, I would say something like, look at all the people living their lives like day to day, unafraid to make the hard decisions that they should make to make a life for themselves and look at the decisions that you've made to get to where you are today. If you 
are like fearless and you're confident in yourself, then you will make it very far regardless. Or like there's no option to fail. I, I think I would say something around those lines. What about okay. you? <laughs> cool. Wait, 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 you didn't finish the, the second one. You said there's a second affirmation type? Oh, it's probably like I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the TikTok thing of like I am wealthy, I am healthy. <laughs> like, <I'm... laughs> yeah. Um, or, no, seriously, yeah. that's like definitely an anthem. So I'm looking down because I'm on my phone. So how I do affirmations yeah. is yeah. Um, I actually recorded, and I'm not going to share mm-hmm. all of it because it would just like be super long. Um, okay. I call them lofty questions because I heard mm-hmm. from somewhere that uh, your brain registers like questions that you ask it as affirmations better Mm -hmm. because then your brain's, your subconscious is forever trying to answer like Mm -hmm. why it is that you are this way. So for example, let me find. I think while we're waiting for you to find it too, I think one of the things I read online too was uh, a good question. Like most of the time we ask like ourselves like, oh, what if it doesn't work? right? Like Mm. all of these bad things will happen if it doesn't work out. Like I won't have income. I won't have stability. Like I won't be able to like put food on the table. But then I think the prompt was like, what if we ask ourselves, like, what if it did work? And like we rewire our thinking and our mentality around the situation. So I think that's also what I've been doing too, like rewiring it to be a positive outcome rather than like thinking of like the worst outcome. Did you find your recording? I did. Okay. Nice. So okay. I'm not, I'm not going to play it, but like, yeah. So what I would ask is like, why is my team so amazing at what they do? So it's like, how do I empower my team? Right? Like, why am I such a great leader that my whole team looks up to me? Um, <laughs> there's like other stuff. Like, why am I such a sensual, sexy, hot woman? <laughs> I love you. It. Know? You know, why am yeah. I always surrounded by love and amazing relationships with friends and amazing people? Why do I have so much fun every day? Why is my company growing rapidly every year? And I solve any problem that comes my way in a fun and easy way. Why do I live in the most luxurious of homes, hotels, and first-class cabins? So, like, stuff like that. Like, it's almost like a form of manifestation. But I just kind of listened to that. Like, this, I have 36, I think, of these things that are in my career, in my, like, relationships, in my financial life, or et cetera. And then... They're part affirmation, part manifestations. And mm. when I want to change something, I just re-record the whole thing. And so I, I write about things I'm grateful for every morning. And then I like list all these things of like, why am I this already? So it kind of like helps me embody this already. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I that. hope that helped everyone. And like, you know, everyone listening can get a better glimpse into our minds on like how difficult it is. Because mm-hmm. like, no one really shares the hard parts, but we're all anxious every day and we're all like, are we doing the right thing? But I think no matter what you're doing, you're always going to be asking yourself if you're doing the right thing. And so you might as well do whatever it is that you want. Great. Well, thanks for listening and see you guys in the next episode. Bye. I'm the baddest chick. Time to-